We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One thing wasn't ruined was the optimism for the Knicks fans. Some good things for the Knicks again. Only the first preseason game against a young, rebuilding Pistons team, but some impressive stuff led by that man. New starting point guard. Did what you're going to see him do. He's, he's just a really good player. Ooh, the Raiders. What about my McBride with all of his stealing? Hey there, Knicks fans. <laughs> see if I still remember how to do this. Uh, we have a super chat on the screen already. I should probably say the final score first. Uh, Knicks win their first preseason game, 105 to 82. Um, we have a comment here from Brian Benjamin. Thank you for your contribution, Brian. My overreactions. I didn't hate Tibbs' rotations. Deuce may need playing time. Where was Cam in the third quarter? RJ and Brunson will be all-stars. Glad we didn't get Ivy, and I'm just so happy. 53 wins, of course. Um, Let the overreactions flow, uh, both good and bad, although I think mostly they will be uh, on the positive side uh, after what was an impressive performance, I would say, all things considered. Uh, For the Knicks, uh, you can certainly tell for all of his uh, not so great qualities that this is still a Tom Thibodeau coach team uh, came out of the gate in midseason form in terms of just how they approach their business, how they play defense. Um, so that was nice. And that's always going to be there. And if you are on the optimistic side of the fence in terms of whether the Knicks are going to be, I don't know, a winning team this year, maybe mess around, get in the play-in tournament, do, do some damage when they get there. Uh, I think that is one of the things that you're going to be leaning on 
Um, so we saw that out of the gate. And the other thing that we saw, and I don't think that there, and there's a bunch of stuff to talk about and we'll get through it as we move through all the chats and everything. Um, I think it would be disingenuous to start any place else uh, other than with Jalen Brunson. Uh, so I wrote a newsletter a few weeks ago in which somebody asked me to explore what was the worst move uh, in recent franchise history. And I limited myself to since the Ewing trade and uh, wrote about how hiring Isaiah Thomas was, was absolutely terrible. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to relive that. Um, and then he also asked, what was the best move? Um, and I kind of threw it in at the end, you know, where I was just like, I don't think we're there yet because we have to see him play a basketball game for the team. But I said, I thought within time, signing Jalen Brunson will go down as the best move the franchise has made um, since they, you know, basically since Ewing's been on the team. And that may have been a little bit much for some. To me, though, if you look at the history of the franchise over the last 22 years, and you look at all the different directions that they've gone, all the different moves that they've made, it feels like every positive comes with a minus, you know, um, even the Mellow trade, which I think was a great, you know, something they needed to do and they should have done. It's like they gave up a lot, maybe a lot more than they should. And there were some things that came after it, which weren't so great. The Brunson signing, you know, you could tell me that they traded away, whatever they had to trade away to open up the cap space to get him. I don't really care. Um, we'll see how the tampering investigation transpires. I don't really care about that either. Hopefully it's not a first round pick, but I digress. Jalen Brunson has a chance to be, I mean, just again, looking at recent history, um, he's already been called the best point guard since Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury was one of the most talented players in the league. In terms of a guy that you want to hit your wagon to, there were misgivings about him before he ever stepped foot, stepped foot on the court at MSG for wearing a Knicks uniform. And that's a reason why the Knicks were his fourth team in however many years. Jalen Brunson is not that. Uh, Jalen Brunson is a guy who it, it seems pretty clear from the way he addresses the media and answering questions, just from the way he goes uh, about his business. And I like the line that I think it was was maybe um, Tim McMahon said on uh, the Hoop Collective podcast. He can he can interpret Tom Thibodeau and he can convey Tom Thibodeau's message in a way that is uh, perhaps more palatable than having to listen to Tibbs screech his way through one uh, timeout after another. And then just as far as a basketball player, you know, I don't want to go through all the stats because I'm sure I'll reference new stats as we move through the season. But um this is a guy who over the last two years in which he has been playing major minutes for a contending, semi-contending team has a 57 effective field goal percentage. And he has a 57 effective field goal percentage. If you actually watch the games, you realize that that's not all coming off of kickout passes and open threes, uh, courtesy of Luka Doncic. That's coming because he, from four feet from the basket, out to about 16 feet from the basket is one of, if not the most dangerous guard in basketball. 
Is he the most athletic guy? He is certainly not. Um, is he going to break it down off the dribble, uh, you know, and and take a bunch of pull-up threes? That's not his game. Uh, is he going to, you know, he's obviously not the biggest guy in the world. Like, there's there's reasons why he was be he was he could be had for the contract that he he you know was gotten for, and I think that's going to look like a bargain, especially since it's a descending deal. But man, oh man. Um, he is the best player on this team. I said it from the moment he got signed. I've said it on pods all summer. I've said it in newsletters all summer. It's I I, I don't want to say it's not close because I think there's a step up RJ could take where he could at least make it a conversation. We'll talk about Randall. I thought Randall had some nice moments tonight. But like, man, Jalen Brunson is a guy that as long as he is on the court, you know, the it's it's honestly it's gonna feel probably a little bit like Randall felt. Um two years ago or whatever it was, the 2020-21 season. Uh, when he's out there, you feel like, all right, we got we got a guy. Um, we don't have to we don't have to send out the search party to wonder where our next uh, basket is coming from. Uh, makes the right play, makes the right pass, doesn't make the dumb turnover. It's everything you want. And then, oh, by the way, you know, taking offensive fouls and or drawing offensive fouls, taking charges, the whole thing. He's everything you could possibly want. We're going to talk a lot about Jalen Brunson this year. I don't want to talk about him too much more right now. Um, other than that, um, I'm trying to, there are a few different directions that I could go here. RJ Barrett, as he is want to do, a nice quiet 21 points on 14 shots. RJ, it's funny. He, he had so many of these games last year where he just is kind of like going about his business and and not really making you take notice. And then you look up and he's got his 20. Um, I love the way he did it tonight. thought it took a little while to get going. But again, 21 points on 14 shots. You will sign for that um, every day of the week. Uh, liked his approach to the game. Didn't force it. You know, there was the one drive uh, against Cade where he had Cade kind of isolated there on the baseline where he tried to draw the foul and put up a, a not great shot that led to a Mitchell Robinson offensive rebound. You know what? If that's the worst R- shot RJ Barrett's going to take and to give a night, you've probably gotten a great game from RJ Barrett. Um, and I'm among the things I'm most curious about moving forward, watching games this season is wh- what, where does he try to find his role? Because it, it seemed evident to me early last season, the first 20 or 30 games, he was kind of like lost in, not lost in the shuffle. He still got his shots and he still got his points, but he was kind of vacillating between the off-ball role he had the previous year and having to be a little bit more on-ball. And it, his whole game suffered. And then he obviously got to be one of the, the highest usage guys in basketball from you know December 31st on. I feel like there was a nice balance in his game tonight and how he approached it. And like, look, it's a natural thing. Uh, as a fourth-year player. So good for him. And then let's finish up by talking about the last of the big three. Uh, Julius Randle started off not so great. Um, You know, had caught a couple unsightly bricks. But I thought the last basket of the first half was really important for him, where he put the ball on the floor, got a a close-range shot, you know, and it just, I feel like he parlayed that into a second-half performance. And I don't think he was out there for, more than five minutes or six minutes, whatever it was. But you could tell that he kind of, he found his rhythm. He found something. As is always the case with Julius Randle, it helps when he's hitting shots. And I believe he made two three-pointers tonight. Um, Double check that. Yeah, he made, he was two or four from from deep. But like, 
15 points on 10 field goals. You want to talk about a, a line that you would sign for. And obviously he only played 18 minutes tonight. So he's going to get more playing time than this. So he's probably going to get some more shot attempts than this. But you know what? If he's hitting shots at this rate and he's taking the types of shots that he took in the second half, you know, you could be the biggest Julius Randle hater in the world. And I know I'm, I might be close to the top of that list. You can't dislike what you see from him as long as he gives a commensurate effort on defense, which I thought for the most part he, he did tonight. Um, you know, maybe with a couple of exceptions. So good stuff from Julius. Uh, I'd love to see him continue putting the ball on the floor, making quick decisions. Like again, stuff we saw in the second half of this game. Um, after that, I'm going to go to Mitch. So Mitchell Robinson's stat line. <laughs> I love Mitch. Six points on three shots. Perfect from the field, of course. Uh, four rebounds and three blocks in 18 minutes. Lost in the shuffle of this summer with the excitement over Brunson and with like, what are they going to do with Randall and the RJ extension and the whole thing? They brought Mitch back and they brought Mitch back at a number that some people were not comfortable with. Um, making a lot of money this year, making $17 million and it's a four year deal, all guaranteed money, but it's declining. And I think there is a real value to having a guy who as your defensive backstop, not only can he execute in the pick and roll, which he continues to improve at, but just like, is he a go bear level force at the rim in terms of deterring shots, in terms of swatting away shots that, that do get taken like they did tonight. I don't know if he's on that level, but man, if he's not in the top two or three in the league, just again, as a guy that defenses have to pay attention to. And that's what he reminded everybody of tonight. Not that we should have needed a reminding, but again, there's a lot that happened this summer. Mitch certainly wasn't at the top of my mind. Um, and then I guess I'll end by saying it was great to see the kids. Uh, I'm sure a lot of questions are going to be about the younger players tonight. I thought quickly had a nice game, showed off his newfound strength. Good for him. Uh, great to see Harden sign out there. It's such a different look that he gives them. Uh, I thought Obi was good. Uh, a couple unsightly bricks. And then Deuce McBride. I have a feeling we're going to have some Deuce McBride <laughs> conversation tonight before all is said and done, and that's fine. Uh, defensively, he is... I mean, what can you say? He's He is a... You want to say he's a, he's a mini Marcus Smart? Um, I'm not going to argue with you. He has that sort of an influence on the game, not to Smart's level because Smart's bigger, and you could just you're capable of disrupting an offensive team's game plan more when you're when you're a little bit bigger. Um, and Deuce, those extra couple extra couple inches and couple of pounds he gives up to Smart, it does make a difference. And he needs to hit shots. Uh, that's where I have a feeling that's going to become thing we talk about if he gets time and I think he's going to get time. I don't know if he's going to get time if everybody's healthy, but he'll get time this season which is which is a good thing. Um, and then Cam. Unfortunately, what happened to Cam? Uh, played 11 minutes in the first half and I guess tweaked his ankle or whatever it was. Uh, hopefully he gets another shot. Um, hopefully he gets a shot on Friday night. Uh, we'll see. I hope this is not a long-term injury or something that's really going to set him back because I thought, you know, he had some moments, but he also had some moments that remind you why he was he's probably still on the outside of a healthy rotation looking in. That's about all I got. Uh, fun game. Good way to start the preseason. Hopefully it's mostly positive tonight. I'm definitely feeling positive about tonight. And um, yeah, like I said, hopefully everybody else is too. And on that note, I know Andrew Claudio is, has 
I'm sure a, a bevy of super chats lined up in the background. So I will await the first one of those to pop up on my screen. And here we are. Of course. Who else would it be from? Um, and before I before I read this, appropriate, by the way, because nobody loves Money Mitch more than Robert Cross. Uh, Tibbs said in the postgame, Mitchell Robinson is the best offensive rebounder in the league and is happy with the progress he's made. It's either him or Steven Adams. That's it. Okay. Put put Mr. Mr. Robert Cross, uh, his comment back up there. Um, Robert Cross, first time, long time, John. Are you ready to recognize that Broadway Barrett is ready to take the leap? I'll take the tortoise. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, I will say this. I am happy with what I saw tonight. Um, he Barrett is still, I think, going to have his work cut out for him on this on this roster because I don't think it's a starting lineup that is best suited to his strengths, uh, which is to say, I wish he had an unencumbered paint to work in all the time. And for as much as he loves lobbing it to Mitch, uh, you know, I, I wonder if he would benefit more from playing in a five out situation and having like real shooting threats all around him. But that said, Barrett had a nice game. So sure. Jacob Reale, what's going on, Jacob? Uh, thanks for the contribution. As long as Randall stays committed to the team rather than getting selfish, will be fun and good. Knowing that he can now rely on Brunson and RJ takes pressure off of him and makes everything easier. Yeah, the, the taking pressure off of Randall, like I was thinking about it as I was watching him look good tonight. The thing that I never really bought is that like getting a good point guard would unlock Randall because to me, it's always been not about someone else unlocking Randall, but about Randall unlocking himself and making decisions that are conducive to his skill set and not trying to do things that are outside of his skill set. And like, yes, having a player like Jalen Brunson who defenses have to pay attention to helps a lot with that. But that's not that's not a point guard thing. That's just a like, I'm not going to have defenses shading towards me as much as they were the last two years um, type of thing. And I think to that to that extent, yes, Jalen Brunson is going to help him a lot. But again, Randall got going tonight when he he hit shots and he, he made quick decisions to go to the basket. That's all, you know, and I'm happy if he takes less shots because I think there's going to be other guys on this team that that, you know, warrant more shots. But yeah. Um, so Tom Thibodeau says Cam Reddish's sprained ankle will be reevaluated tomorrow. So hopefully he's okay. Rowan Beckford Sr. What's going on, Rowan? Great game. They are helping to forget about the other orange and blue team. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm afraid to ask about the Mets score. I'm assuming the Mets are playing right now. I have not heard anything about it. I know Aaron Judge hit his 60-second home run. Shout out to him. Um, maybe Andrew will. Who are the Mets? You guys have been bugging me with this for the past three days. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know the tall guy hit the the home run though. You need so. you need one of these at this point. Yeah, tell me about. It. Anyway, um, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? <laughs> Two bold predictions. Oh, I love it when Kevin gets bold because his bold predictions are bold with capital B. 
Jalen Brunson will be the best contract the Knicks have signed hitherto. Oh, goodness. Preseason game one, we're breaking out the hitherto. Uh, hitherto this century, including RJ. And Rose will finish at 50, 40, 90. My goodness. Um, now you make me want to look up Derek Rose's stats uh, the first season when he got here. I know he was over 40% from deep. Uh, I don't think he shot over 50% from the field. And I 90% for Derek Rose from the free throw line. That's that's asking a lot. If you told me 50, 40, 80, I'd give you that for Derek Rose. Um, but yeah, you said it was bold. As for Jalen Brunson being the best contract the Knicks have signed this century. I'm trying to think who the... Like, who would even get that designation as of right now? I don't. I don't know that there's an obvious player. Like, I, my God, do you, this, this is all you need to know. This is probably not the right answer, but it speaks volumes that the name that just popped into my mind was Kyle O'Quinn. Knicks, Knicks basketball since the year 2000. Catch the fever, baby. Oh boy! Uh, if someone has a better answer than that, please. I'm, I'm of course blanking at the moment, but I, yeah, I do think Brunson's gonna, gonna take that. Uh, Jeremy E, what's going on, Jeremy? He's no Tyler Hero, but that RJ Barrett kid seems like he might be a player. Thoughts? Um, look, I, I, I think we referenced it. Um, no, I haven't referenced it on on a pod or on a live stream or anything. Uh, the the Fred Katz article for the athletic that came out a few days ago. Shout out to Fred. Um, great piece as always. He's really been doing a great job, you know, writing about RJ since he got on the Knicks beat. Anyway, this piece um, talked about or wrote about RJ basically coming out and saying he is leaning into the Jimmy Butler comparisons and he's didn't, he's not, he didn't spend the summer working on off the dribble threes or anything like that. He spent it working on finishing and working on playmaking. And I think you saw that tonight. I thought he made some really nice passes. And like Tyler Harrell is such a different player. And I know you're you're being facetious in the comparison, but like RJ is going to just keep doing RJ, you know, and that's fine. And if that's, if he just leans into that comfort zone more and more and more moving forward, I'm going to have something uh, on him in the newsletter on Thursday, um, the the biggest number that I'm going to be, uh, be watching, I'm not going to give it away, but the biggest number I'm going to be watching this season in terms of a stat has to do with RJ Barrett. Um, yeah, he's going to be fine. And like, whatever the ceiling is, as long as he keeps making in- incremental gains one season after another, I think we're all going to be happy with him. And the best part about the contract is, you know, that's enough. And if he ends up making the contract a bargain, even better, you know? So uh, shout out to RJ. Really nice game. Oh, here we go. Andrew Claudio. Thank you. Derek Rose on the Knicks, his first season. Oh, wow. I, I Boy, do I have egg on my face. Shot 88.3% from the line his first season in New York. I did not think he made that many free throws. And 48.7% um, from the field. Yeah, you know what, Kevin? You, you, you might be onto something. Good call. Uh, Carolina Knicks fan, Jalen Brunson, overpay? What overpay? I, I just want to, like, again, I'm the wrong person to ask here because I don't watch First Take. I never I never watch First Take. I don't listen to sports radio anymore. Sorry. Um, love, love all of the sports radio hosts in New York. You do a great job. Um, I don't, as you guys know, I don't really spend as much time on, on 
Twitter anymore. So like when the contract was signed, I'm sure there that there was a lot of that noise out there. But anybody who's smart, who covers the NBA for a living or pays a lot of attention to the NBA. uh, I didn't see anybody saying that they thought that. I mean, some people were like, "Okay, well, it's on the higher side of what he probably should get. But that's the most that I saw. And like, I didn't see anybody saying it was a bargain, but I thought everybody was like, yeah, okay, great. If he's the 15th or 14th or 16th or whatever, best point guard in the league, this is the contract he should get. And guess what? He's going to be at the very least, at the very least a league average starting point guard. And I think once you get past the elite elite guys, you know, whether that group is, is that group eight deep? Is that group 10 deep? Is that group 12 deep? I, you know, I don't, we, we could sit here and have that conversation at some point, but like Brunson's in the conversation for like right after that. I mean, if you told me that he was going to be considered a top 10 point guard in the league by the end of this year, would I be shocked? Not in the least, not at all. He's just, he's just too, the, the game is about making tough shots. That's what the sport of basketball has always been about. And he does that inside the arc as well as anybody in the league. Um, and pound for pound, I mean, Jesus, it might might be that that's probably, you know, not not praising him enough. So, uh, yeah, not an overpay. Next up, Dean Bushel. Thank you so much for the contribution. I don't, I don't see a comment here from you, but hopefully we get something um, soon. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? Great to see you here. Love what I saw from almost everyone. Those who started slow figured it out. Yeah, it was just rust. I, I didn't mind any of that. My only frustration is that this roster clearly Clearly, all caps, needs needed more consolidation. Too many cooks in the kitchen. So, valid, valid, first of all. Um, I think the question you're raising is, is it worth it to consolidate for the sake of consolidation? And I will, I will just say, that Ian Bagley had a note that went kind of under the radar in his piece today that dropped, which was that there were, even after the Donovan Mitchell trade, there were trade inquiries inquiries made um, regarding Cam Reddish. Now, was it teams, you know, likelihood offering like their second, a future second round pick for Cam? That's what I would guess. Do I think in any universe, the Knicks would have turned down even a heavily protected first round pick for Cam. No, I don't. Um, and we've talked about the reasons why that is. So it's like, you know, all right. So if you can't, and I'm not saying you're saying to trade Cam, I don't think most people want to trade Cam. But if you go down the list, and we, I, again, I feel like we spent all summer talking about it when we weren't talking about Donovan Mitchell. It's like, okay, well, how do you want to consolidate it? And it's like, all right, well, you try to trade Julius Randle. Well, there's no market for Julius Randle. You try to trade Evan Fournier. Well, there's no market for Evan Fournier. That doesn't require you to like pay a pick to dunk his contract. Okay, you trade Derrick Rose. Well, Derrick Rose is one of your team leaders, and he's like the heart and soul of your club. And, um, you know, he makes you better with uh, no uncertain terms, and he's an expiring contract. Um, and you're trying to win games and you're trying to make the play. And so it's like, you know, the consolidation move 
really, and it's it's an aspect of the Donovan Mitchell thing that nobody really wants. I don't say nobody wants to talk about. We didn't talk about enough. Um, is that that was the consolidation move, uh, and they obviously, you know, they didn't make that move. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it the worst thing in the world to have twelve rotation players on your team? I don't think so, especially when you have again guys who are going to miss time, and like. I mean, I, I, my God, I'm already forgetting his name. Um, not that I, not that I didn't truly enjoy the Jalen Harris experience tonight. Jalen. Yes, that is his name. Uh, but like nobody wants to be sitting there in February watching Jalen Harris. So if the roster is a little bit too loaded, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm willing to live with. To me, it's much more important to get the guys who are your higher pedigree players, consistent minutes and enough minutes and enough of a role every night. And if Deuce McBride is an injury replacement player who only sees 30 or 40 games this season, is that, you know, is that the end of the world? I, some people would say it is, and that's fair. Um, personally for me, it's not, but um, anyway, Robert Cross. I wonder how many how many comments we're going to get from Robert. We should keep a running tally on Robert Cross's super chats for this year. And by the end, let's see if it's like a, a multiple of fifty three. Maybe he'll have like five hundred thirty because he's a crazy person. Um, is it fair and reasonable to say that Money Mitch's contract will look like a steal by year's end? Hashtag trade cutlets. That's a new one. Hashtag fifty three wins. And. Uh, I think the best you could hope for is that people say, well, the Robert Williams contract aged really well and he's making 13 a year. Mitch is making 15 a year and it's descending. I, yeah, I still don't see anybody saying it's going to be a steal. I think if anything, people are like, wow, Mitchell Robinson, really nice asset on that number, declining contract. Like they'll be able to get something for him if they want to trade him. I don't think anybody's going to be looking at at it like, you know, you look at, I'm trying to think of a better example. Well, like maybe we're looking at the Jalen Brunson contract where people might look at that and be like, oh, wow, Jalen Brunson, that's a max player. He should have gotten a max contract and the Knicks have him on this on this deal. I think that's a stronger possibility than people looking at Mitch and being like, you know, Mitch was a steal. But um, who knows? I, I know I know nobody loves them some Mitch like you do, Robert, which is which is which is important. Uh, Rob Thelusma. What's up, gentlemen? What's up, Rob? These Knicks are going to have something to say, and I'm taking the over 39 and a half on wins this season. Let's go. Uh, you guys know that I love to shout out um, my favorite podcast, The Low Post. And uh, I thought it was nice that both him and Kevin uh, Kevin Pelton took the over on their uh, podcast that came out today. Uh, and I don't think it was either it was in either of their like easiest overs category. But they both sounded pretty certain about it, although they also did. Zach made some jokes about Tibbs still starting Evan Fournier over Quentin Grimes, as he should. Um, I, I think it's I don't want to say it's like the safest bet in the world because. Like we saw what happened last year, but. I think there's a. I do think the ceiling for this team is like 45 wins. That may be crazy. I think that's the ceiling. But at the same time. You could tell me that 
shit goes really sideways and this Tim team wins and like, well, actually, you know what? Honestly, if this team stays healthy, I don't think they could win in the low thirties. I think the floor for this team, if they stay reasonably healthy is probably like the same record as they got last season, maybe 35, 36 wins. That would be the, the absolute floor with, with decent health. But I think the ceiling is 45. And if, and to me, if my ceiling is 45 and my floor is 35 and the over under is 39 and a half, then I'm taking the over. And like, you know, this is the tips factor. The tip, the tips factor is like, he's, you know what you're going to get for better and worse. So yeah, good call there. Harry donor. What's going on, Harry? Always great to see you, man. Great to be back. Missed you all. We missed you, Harry. Missed everybody. I miss doing this. I just can't believe it's been since, uh, what summer league. Which seems like a million years ago, um, because I actually, I it's funny. I didn't have much of a summer le- summer before summer league, but I definitely had a nice break after summer league. So, yeah, it's been good to get away, but it's good to be back. Um, Janky AF, I'm starting to remember all the names from last year. D Rose's wraparound to Hartenstein, uh, Hartenstein. Hartenstein. I got to remember to do that. Jalen's ballet layup underneath. Deuce steals. Fun to watch. Thanks to KFS for getting us through the offseason. Our pleasure. Um, I think my favorite play of the night. What was my favorite play of the night? I I, I got to go back to the well here. Uh, Jalen, uh, he had he had the move on Cade in the late second quarter. I think it was when I, I have it in my notes here. I think it was when the Knicks took uh, it was what got them to 40. <laughs> yeah. My note here, Brunson SMH 46 points. Yeah. So that was, um, so that was great. And then he had whatever he did that got them 61 points. I don't know. I have to go back and rewatch it, but, and then he immediately, uh, followed that up with his drawing his third offensive foul of, um, of the half. He's, he's so awesome. I can't wait to watch him play this year. Um, thank you. Yes. Good, good comment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 and use promo code filmschool130 to get $130 off across six boxes. That's filmschool130 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 for $130 off. Kevin. Kevin back for one more. Impressive win. Great to see IQ look stronger on his drives. Which Breen honed in on. Yes. Uh, hopefully, I mentioned that uh, at the top of the show. But yes, he put on weight. He talked about putting on weight. He talked about putting on weight specifically so he could get to the rim more and finish at the rim better. Um, probably didn't finish as well at the rim as he would have liked to tonight. But just for him to have the confidence to go all the way and not settle for the floater is going to be so big. And I think, and it would not, sh- I'm going to finish reading your comment in a second. Um, wouldn't shock me if at the beginning of the offseason, he like looked around and was like, I know my numbers. I know the effect I have in terms of on off and all this stuff. Why am I not getting talked about? And why is there not more buzz about me as one of the best young players in the league or best young guards in the league? And I, I w- wouldn't shock me. I don't know anything about I'm not, I'm just talking out of my ass here, but it wouldn't shock me if someone was like the best young guards in the league, like finish at the rim. A lot, and they get to the rim a lot, and they finish at the at the rim a lot. And the floater's cute, but you need to 
work on that part of your game. Wouldn't shock me if somebody said that to him. Um, second part of Kevin's comment, Randall actually looked good. It was playing with some pace. Keep it up. Yeah, he just, it's again, for him, it's just just make quick decisions. Just move without move without the ball is a nice thing. Um, but when you get the ball, just do something with it. And that's what was driving me a little nuts there in the first half for a bit when he was like, you know, getting the ball and it would be the jab, step, jab, step. And then, you know, I think there was a missed 18 footer and another brick like that. Just we don't need any of that. There's now with Jalen Brunson on this roster and with RJ Barrett kind of feeling a little bit more comfortable. There's no excuse for him to to take those kind of shots. Not not at the rate he hits them, you know. So, yeah. Um, Next up, Darth Dream. <laughs> Bumbleclat rotations. Knicks basketball is back, Mac. I have nothing to add to that comment. Thank you, Darth Dream. Um, Mensa Smith, what's going on, Mensa? How you doing? Hope you're well. Always good to hear from you. Um, you're damn right. I'm overreacting to a preseason game against a lottery team. Hey, listen, <clears throat> the Drip Pistons over under. Is only 10 games below the Knicks over under. Knicks over under is 39 and a half. Detroit Pistons over under is 29 and a half. And I I think they're gonna be a feisty team. I, I really do. But it was it was refreshing to see the Knicks handle their business in this way. Uh Jalen Brunson unlocks the starting lineup. His ability to create his own bucket consistently puts everyone in their place. Again, I, I want to continue to see how Julius Randle adjusts to being very clearly one of three. And I want to see how RJ Barrett adjusts to having to further balance being on the ball and being off the ball. And I thought he, he shot it confidently from three tonight. And for that, you know what? Let's be fair. Fair is fair. I thought Randall shot it confidently from three tonight. Like if those guys, I mean, you hate to boil it down to one thing, but it kind of does really come down to like, if those guys get a kick out, they have to, and they're open, they have to shoot, you know, or if they're, for whatever reason, they're not comfortable shooting. It needs to be a quick decision and then go into the next action um, and, 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 and continue the mismatch. Because if, if Jalen Brunson creates a mismatch for you with his drives and he's going to do it all day long and you get the kick out as a result of the mismatch he has created and the help coming over, then when you get that ball, you, and this is like basketball one on one, but like, and Tips talks about this shit. You either shoot it right away, or you make an instantaneous decision to do something else with the ball to the point that the matchup advantage is not lost. And if they could just do that, then I think we'll be in business, you know, because you no longer have to rely on Julius Randle or RJ Barrett to create the advantage. You will sometimes, but not nearly as much because Jalen Brunson is by far going to be the leading advantage creator on this team. If RJ Barrett and Julius Randle could simply balance being advantage creators some of the time, but mostly being advantage takers of the advantage that has been created. I think this makes sense. Um, then you're, we're going to be in great shape. So good comment by you, Mensa. I agree with all that. Uh, Sugar Wolf, Barrett, Brunson, Randall shared the floor and the box score. Well, yeah, I mean, we can only hope it it stays like this. Like there will be nights where it doesn't look this good. And again, the three of them 
combined, I mean, I want to say they probably shot 60% from the floor together, if not higher. Um, whatever they shot, it was a very, very good percentage. And that will not happen every night, which is fine. Um, here, I'm pulling it up right now. So Randall's 6 for 10, Barrett 8 for 14, Brunson 7 of 9. Yeah, they were they were 21 for uh, 30, 33. That's... <laughs> It's pretty damn good. Um, if they're going to miss shots, fine. You miss shots. But keep the process sound. And like maintain this style of play. And I think one of the things that drove me crazy last season is there would be so much inconsistency. And not just inconsistency. It would be like wild swings. Between, you know, I'm thinking back to like the game, I think it was in Charlotte, where Kemba came out in the first quarter. And I want to say it was like a Saturday game. Maybe it was a Sunday game. I don't know. It was, And he just like lit the world on fire. And I think he scored like 16 or 18 points in the first quarter. And then you'd get those quarters from Kemba every now and then. And then you'd get halves and whole games and like this that, and the other thing where it just looked nothing like that. And it would this the pendulum would swing in the other direction. They just need to have some consistency in terms of style and, and ideally pace of play, which is what was great about the second unit last year. The, the second unit always managed to achieve that consistency, which is why everybody was hemming and hawing about wanting the second unit guys to get more time because they, it looked like cohesive basketball, whereas the the starting unit looked like a hot mess um, until the towards the end of the year when RJ just kind of you know settled things down and took the lead and everybody followed from there. Uh, so yes, from that perspective, I thought they did a great job and hopefully it continues in, in this mold. That's what I would, would like to see. Um, Hush zoo. Ivy's going to be really that first step. Ivy's going to be really good. That first step is absolutely lethal. Bronson is him. I think you need a capital H for that. Him. RJ is him. Trade Randall. <laughs> there. If he plays well, they're not going to trade him. I don't think, but who knows? What do I know? Good overall win. Cheers to KFS to another roller coaster year of Knicks basketball. Um, I like Ivy. Um, I like Ivy a lot. He looked the part tonight. He looks big. That's the thing about Ivy. Like he, you forget he's well. I forgot. You know he's six four, maybe six five, whatever he is. But he, he, he's he has good size, and when that. Dude is going downhill, and like I think he hit at least one three tonight. Um, yeah, he's gonna be good. Um, but look, the Knicks made they they tried, didn't get him. That's fine. Uh, yes, but cheers to another roller coaster. It is, of course, going to be a roller coaster ride. So, yeah. Uh, Kevin Anishevsky, Ivy thoughts. Oh, here we go. Think he looks good, but not ready yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm. My thought, my my questions about Ivy are like I remember do, I've since wiped it off my memory, but doing like some deep dives him on him before the draft, and just thinking like, well, Jesus, you can't teach this athleticism, and it, but it's going to be like, how does he work with Cade? And I think in theory, you have Cade, who's the size of a big wing. And thereby, and who's like, quote unquote, going to be running the offense. 
and Ivy's your number two, and he doesn't have to worry as much about running the offense. I mean, in a way, no. I mean, I, I don't. I don't love the Russ comps to to Ivy because I, I think they're different players. But the way Russ got to play off of KD early in his career, I think Ivy could play off of Cade. Now, obviously, Cade and and KD are very different players. Um, so that's why the comparison kind of breaks down. But like, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they how they mesh and. Does Ivy reach that level where he is such an unstoppable offensive force that it's like, it's okay that he's not, you know, the best passer in the world and he's a true combo guard as opposed to a, a point guard. I, you know, I don't know. And then does the three point shot come around? I just looked it up. He only, he made the one three he took, but he only took the one. So we'll see. Um, Lunas, what's going on, Lunas? Uh, Lunas and Marat, number one standout was Randall taking a back seat on offense, which would be amazing. Very happy tonight, but also, man, Ivy's going to be special. I, again, I think Ivy's going to be really good. I, I don't know that I saw enough to be like, whoa, you know, quite yet, but I'm sure he, he is going to be very good. Um, did Randall take a backseat on offense? I I guess to a certain extent. I mean, he took 10 shots in 18 minutes. So that's the equivalent of like if he played, you know, he about double this minutes total, which is what he played in a lot of games last year. That's 20 shots. Um, that's a lot of shots. That said, I thought a bunch of his shots came in that little stretch in the third quarter. He was feeling it. And like, yeah, for the most part, I think he did take a back seat. but it's not only him taking a back seat. It's what is he doing when he's not shooting? And is he, I, I can't believe I'm going to sound like tips here. Are you helping the team in some other way? Uh, and I think he can do that. And it's going to be tough with, with Mitch on the floor and like a crowd of paint and, you know, I. It's tough for me to watch Randall and still not just very clearly believe his destiny is, or his ideal role on an NBA team is a guy who plays 25 minutes a night as a backup, as like the backup five. You know, it like. I'm not saying like this would make sense from a trade perspective for a whole bunch of reasons, but like you got the Clippers right now starting, you know, Zubach, but Zubach only plays like 20 minutes a night. Like if Randall was on the Clippers, you know, I I know they want to go five out and they want everybody to to be able to shoot, but like something like that, you know, where their defense is just so stout and they switch everything and they're so good to withstand, you know, uh, you know, Randall's kind of more iffy defense, but like he wouldn't need to be a rim protector in that sort of a lineup with like those sorts of defensive players surrounding him. And he could just do what he does, which is be a bulldozer going to the rim, you know, and if you need to take him out at the end of the game, you take him out at the end of the game, like something like that, that I still think is his, his ideal role, you know, but I think he's making the best of it, which is all you could ask for right now. Um, Robert Cross, <laughs> Three. I'm keeping it tally. It's three. First time, long time, John. Deuce needs to be in the rotation. Also, sound quality is excellent tonight. Yeah, that's because they told me to plug in my mic. Go figure. Um, props to GMAC. Hashtag 53 wins. Yes, props to Andrew Claudio, producer extraordinaire. Um, Deuce needs to be in the rotation. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I think you just put that in there to see me squirm. I'm not going to squirm. It's too early in the season to squirm, Robert. Um. Yeah, I, I just don't know how. I don't. It's too many guys on the team right now. 
and like in fairness, like you got to hit your shots. Like he's he he might be other than Mitch, other than your boy Money Mitch. Deuce might be the most impactful defensive player on the team. Um, but you got to hit your shots. That's all I can really say. Also, I forgot, um, Andrew, thank you for reminding me. Shout out to a new a new face uh, in KFS, Justin Palmer. He is the assistant GM tonight to GMAC. Um, he is helping produce this episode, uh, produce this live stream, I should say, and then I guess produce the podcast afterwards. He's going to be doing a lot more with us moving forward. So shout out, Justin. I know you can't see him right now or, or hear him, but uh, officially welcome to the team. So good to have you aboard. Um, oh, look at that. The Knicks Twitter account just tweeted out a video of the Knicks saying hi to Alec Burks, Nilans Noel, and uh, and Kevin Knox. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Huang, thank you so much for the uh, generous contribution, my man. Hey there, KFS. It's been too long. I was upset we didn't get Mitchell, but man, am I excited to watch all the kids and this team play 82 games, especially led by Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett. Does Deuce crack the rotation over Cam if Alfred Payton, if ah, Alfred Payton, my good goodness gracious. Talk about a Freudian slip. If Evan Fournier is traded. Um, well, first things first, I don't know how soon Evan Fournier is going to get traded. Like, I I know this isn't your question, but like, they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade Fournier just to like open up minutes for Deuce. I I would be shocked if they did that. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of hope I'm wrong. I do hope I'm wrong, actually. But like, I just don't think they're going to do that. Um, because no one's going to give them a real asset for Fournier. If anything, someone out there would be like, "All right, we'll take the contract." Um, or it's part of a larger deal, which, you know, that uh, that's a whole different conversation. But like, yeah, I see, I, I see Fournier more as an offseason trade candidate because again, moving his his money doesn't get you into max cap space this summer anyway. So there's very little incentive to move him from a salary perspective. And my God, they would have to be so high. On on McBride, but again, I think I think they they are high on McBride to an extent, and I think they like the idea of when one of the two point guards is out, Brunson or, or Rose, he's going to get time, and like Derrick Rose is going to miss games. Like Jalen Brunson is an NBA player; NBA players miss games. Nobody plays eighty two games. Very few guys play seventy two games. Really, it seems like so he's going to get time. Um, but to answer your question, does he crack the rotation over Cam if Fournier is traded? Right now, I would say yes. Um. My only hesitation with that, and it's a pretty big hesitation, is that if he cracks the rotation, then you got Deuce, Derek Rose, and Emmanuel quickly. All backups. That's an incredibly small one to it. So I guess quickly is the the three there. Um you can't you can't stagger that issue away. So I guess actually I'm gonna change my answer. Sorry. No, I don't think he gets to be part of the rotation. I think he remains the third string point guard until, you know, one, I, you know, I, I guess one of quickly Brunson or Rose is not here. And obviously we expect two of those players to be here for a good long time. You know, maybe, maybe something changes with Rose, but I don't, I would be very surprised if Derek Rose is not on this team for the rest of the year. 
So we'll see. Hush Zoo, even though we're still sorely lacking in top-end talent, this team is going to be insanely fun to watch. Do you think anything happens before October 19th? Man, I, I kind of brought it up on the episode about that. Like, g- give me give me some odds on Cam getting traded before before opening night. Now that he's injured, I I don't know. No, no is my answer. I don't I don't think so. I think they are going to be fun to watch. I you know these like top players lists. I feel like they go to like a hundred or one hundred twenty five. I wonder. I wonder how many top. 150 players the Knicks have on their roster. Maybe 175, but definitely 150. Like ESPN did their list and RJ Brunson, uh, Randall and Mitch made the top 100. I think that's, I think that's probably the correct, correct four. Um, is Fournier one of the top 150 players in the NBA? Might be. Is quickly? I think so. Um, is Derek Derek Rose certainly is, so that's seven. Is Hardenstein is Obi? You know, I is it? I mean, is it? It's not. I don't know. I feel like it's not. It's not. Hell, Grimes might be there before long. He just needs to get on the court and court and prove himself. Um, that's. I think that's the best part of your argument. Is is that why they're going to be insanely fun to watch because they always got good basketball players on the floor. But they do they do need creation, and that's why Jalen Brunson and yet again Derek Rose are gonna be very important to this team. Um Andrew, you just texted me. That'll be one dollar, please. And I completely I'm, it's going over my head why you texted me that. So please text me and let me know. Anthony Six though. Uh Brunson brings us something we haven't had in a while. Yeah, efficient shot creation for a guy that could play 30 plus minutes a night. When's the last time we've had that? Uh, like Porzingis was never really an efficient shot creator. I mean, Mello, you know, Mello was, I, I know Mello was never like really efficient, but he was efficient enough that it, it, you know, it bent defenses, but like, yeah, you, I mean, you really do have to go back to Mello for that because even Julius, like we all loved the, the season Julius had, um, uh, a year and a half ago, but he wasn't, he wasn't efficient. You know, he was in like the 40 or 43rd percentile for efficiency at his position. Like, that's not great. Uh, Brunson's like 75th, 80th percentile for efficiency. I, I'll bet that's where he ends up uh, by the end of the year. Uh, effortless offense and execution. Also, Aaron Judge gave us a sign. 62 wins. I'm here for it. All the way. 62. I think you're underselling it. Um, oh, shoot. The $1. I forgot. Andrew and I made a $1 bet that or he would pay me $10 if Cam was traded, and I will have to pay him a dollar if Cam is still on the roster. I'm not paying you until October 19th, Andrew. So you can keep that, keep that in your back pocket. Chris Carter, what's going on, Chris? Deuce is probably the 12th guy on this team, assuming Cam is okay. Do you see a scenario for him getting any time this year? What would it take? Yeah, I've talked about this before. I think he's going to get time in all the games Brunson and Rose miss. And yet, for as exciting as that is, potentially, I really do think, you know, for better or worse, this team is going to be at its best when both of those guys are healthy. Because if you could have Brunson and Rose 
on the floor for 48 minutes. And I know what people are saying. They're like, but wait a minute. We have quickly and his newfound strength and he's getting to the rim. I think Brunson is Brunson's a magician. Like Brunson doesn't need any help. Brunson's going to bend defenses and he's either going to shoot. If you give him one-on-one coverage or he's going to make the right pass. And he's going to do that. Those two things well enough to be, to be really good. Presuming the guys around him can take advantage of the matchups, the advantages that he creates with the backup unit. If quickly is your number one backup creator, I not saying he can't do it, but and again, if he's out there with like Grimes or Fournier and Obi and Hartenstein and like and Deuce, like that's a really talented group. That's still a tall order. Is he up to it? Yeah, I'm sure he's up to it. But we're talking about the Knicks winning games because they have the absolute best bench unit in the league, bar none. And I think you get there with Rose and Quickly together, working in tandem. And those two guys together on the floor at the same time, I mean, that's incredible, which is why it like... I, I hate to bring the deuce conversation back to that, but like it really is going to need to be Rose or, or Brunson. It, it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Who the hell knows? Rose Brunson or quickly who, again, I know nobody wants to see quickly on the sidelines, but that's the only, that's the only way I see it. I just, I just don't see another way, but God knows I've been wrong before. I'm sure I'll be wrong again. Cactus shack. Should Tibbs play IQ at the two next to Brunson? Um, He's not going to, <laughs> uh, other than like for a few minutes a game. Uh, he's not going to start him at the two. I here's my what I like. Here's what I want for quickly. I want quickly closing a lot of games. I really like the idea of him closing a lot of games. And I think if he closes games, that's his path to twenty. 26 minutes a night, uh, uh, you know, an average, which is fine. I like him in the role as a guy who can really feast against backups and doesn't have to worry about like finding his offense with Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett and Julius. Like, think about that. If 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 Emmanuel quickly is on the floor with Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle, like, what shots is he getting? Like, how often is like you saw the shots Evan Fournier put up tonight? Like, he had a couple of tough threes. Um, he'll have some easy catch and shoot opportunities. I think he had like one drive where he threw a threw the lob to Mitch, which was nice. But like, you want quickly doing more than that, right? So if you want quickly doing more than that, then I think he belongs with the backups. I, I I'm I I was all about the start quickly campaign last year, but that was when we didn't have Jalen Brunson on the roster. Now the Brunson's here, I th- I do think it's a little bit different. Uh next up, Vincent Russo. Glad you're back. Thank you, Vincent. Um, loved RJ's jumper. Benji's pictures really pointed it out. Yeah, shout out to Benji for after uh the Knicks Twitter account put out the video of uh, RJ shooting some threes at practice. He went and found some old video from two years ago of RJ putting up threes. His form is a lot better. Uh, Stroke looked good. Thanks. Hashtag over. Yeah, I think everybody on here, or almost everybody on here, probably feels feels good about the the over right now. Um, 
Sam L. The Brunson signing could really alter the trajectory of this franchise. Okay, giddy up. The Tibbs decipherer role is so apt. Soft skills matter. These are humans. It's a great call. And, you know, I don't know the exact number, but go look up this team's net rating. Forget about the minutes. Forget about in the minutes that Derrick Rose has played. The, the team's net rating in the minutes Derrick Rose has been on the floor has been obscene. And I actually have a stat. Um, eh, screw it. I'll 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 give the stat right now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to Brunson. But th- but this is how important it is to have a guy on the court that like knows what Tibbs wants and can execute what Tibbs needs. Um, over the last two seasons, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players who have played at least 500 minutes a year and who have played at least 1,500 minutes total over those uh, last two seasons and finished in the 90th percentile or higher in on-off differential. And this is according to cleaning the glass. Uh, those seven players, obviously Derek Rose is one of them. Here are the other six. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Drew Holiday, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and big shout out to Kenrich Williams on the Oklahoma City Thunder for sneaking in that list as well. Um, the point is, it is essential for Tibbs to have a point guard on the floor who can do all the things. And now they have two on this roster. So could it really alter the trajectory of the franchise? I mean, if he goes out there this year and everybody looks at him and be like, wow, this dude could be a number two on a championship team. Yeah, I think it changes the trajectory because now all of a sudden you're not doing the hand wringing over. Well, we can't give away all of the picks and all of the young players because we won't have enough left to trade for the second guy. If you already have the second guy, or if he's a, he's not a true two, he's a two A, and then RJ is like a two B or like a three A or whatever, you know, then you're in business. And then yeah, I think that's what you have to count on. And then another couple, one or two of the kids making a making a jump. I don't think that that's crazy at all. Next up, Juvenon. Um Happy holidays if you're celebrating. I'll just say that. Uh, let's not get too carried away here, folks. Pistons were shorthanded. No Burks, Noel, or Kevin Knox. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a serious comment for a sec. Nice to have Nick's basketball back. Thanks for the content, KFS. Thank you for that. That was That's the chat of the night. Um, uh, I have a... I want to give a quote from... Uh, I'll read this uh, super chat from Jacob Reale and then Timmy Bontemps just uh, tweeted out a a quote about Jalen Brunson, which I think is going to be important to read. Uh, Ivy will be good, but wasn't there another Detroit rookie that some thought was supposed to be the savior? (laughs) Uh, I I actually, I'm assuming you're talking about Jalen Duran. I thought Jalen Duran looks fine. Not losing any sleep over Jalen Duran. Okay, so this is what Tibbs said about Jalen Brunson. I think that's who he is. This is in regards to um, what he provides and he can provide you with a lot of different things. Uh, Jalen can provide whatever you need. If you need more scoring, he could do that. If you need more playmaking, he could do that. If you need him to create pace and create movement, he could do that. If you need a big three, a big shot, he could do that. 
I love the way he can control and manage a game. And to me, that's the number one function of a point guard. He doesn't get sped up. He doesn't get rattled. He's It's a calming influence. Again, like home run. Talk about, talk about Aaron Judge. On a night that Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run, we can say that the Knicks as a franchise hit a, a mammoth home run uh, with Jalen Brunson. So good good job by Leon Rose for totally not tampering and getting Jalen Brunson on the team. Kevin Danishevsky, <laughs> hate to be the party pooper. Please cool it on the deuce hype. No offensive game. Uh, I don't know about that. He'll be fun situationally, but he needs to hit shots before getting real minutes. I don't think he has no offensive game. I think here's what I'll say. I think Deuce is it's problematic because he plays a position in the in the NBA today that it's really hard to be a small guard and not be able to, you know, consistently get to the rim, finish at the rim, draw fouls knockdown threes. You could be like a rangy wing and get away with that or maybe even a big man and get away with that. It's tough to be a guard. That said, he doesn't have no offensive game because translating your defense into offense like that is a form of offense. It's just dependent on your defense. Um but to your point, I think there is a reason why the Knicks as a franchise are not going to be falling all over themselves to figure out ways to get him on the floor just yet. Maybe in time, but not yet. Um, Michael Morando, Morando, I hope I pronounced that correct. I know you said a 45-win ceiling, but given some of the potential implosions in the Eastern Conference, Nat Celtics, what seed do the Knicks fall in? I would be a little quick to um, put the Celtics in the implosion category. Um RJ Barrett with some post game love for Miles McBride. Um, I don't think the Celtics, I mean, if the Celtics implode, I think it's they're still like a 48 win team. Uh, the Nets, maybe a little, that's a little bit different, but here's the problem. And, and I, I've been waiting to make this point all, all night long, and we're an hour in now, so I, I guess I'll make it now. I think the Knicks' final record is going to be determined like. There's roughly a top, like how many true title contenders are there? Are there seven, six, seven, eight, if you're pushing it? Something like that, right? Six or seven, like that. Just like there's six or seven t- tanking teams or teams that are like the Pistons, right? Where they're, where they're just, they're, they might be trying, but they're not great. I think the Knicks are going to take care of business for the most part against those lower teams. I hope they are, at least. They, they didn't last year. And I think they'll you know, like everybody else in the league does, struggle against the top teams. And the Knicks, their ultimate record, I don't think it's going to be dependent on a team like Boston or or Brooklyn imploding. I think it's going to be, okay, how do the Knicks do against the other 15 teams that are in that middle? Like, and on a neutral court, against those other 15 teams, the Knicks are going to be the underdog against 11 of them, 12 of them, 10, 11, 12, something like that, right? 
So it's basically it like that's what it comes down to. It, it's like I'm not worried about the the Brooklyn's and the and the Boston's as much as I am about like can the Knicks go into Cleveland and win a game? Can the Knicks go into Atlanta and win a game? Can the Knicks go into New Orleans and win a game? Can the Knicks go into Portland and win a game? Or like can the Knicks host any of those teams and like quote unquote take care of business at home against those kind of like middle of the pack teams um i hope the answer is yes and if the answer is yes more often than not then guess what maybe 40 i well i I have a tough time believing the 45 is going to be low but like i think that's how you get to 45 what seed do they get man here's the problem I, i milwaukee great philly great Boston, they're gonna they're gonna figure out enough to be really good. Toronto, I think is gonna be really good. Miami is Miami; they're really good. So then, right away, you're talking about for that six seed, you know, Brooklyn, okay, <laughs> freaking talented. To say nothing of Cleveland and Atlanta, you know, um, man, I, I I've been saying ninth, maybe I'm low. Maybe they should be eighth. Maybe I should predict them finishing seventh. I don't know. Seventh, eighth, ninth. That's where I have them. Somewhere like that. Put a gun to my head right now. I'd say ninth. But hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, uh, oh, Brian Benjamin. Another comment. If we don't see Grimes at all in the preseason, should we be worried? Also, if this team wins 49 games, is Tibbs coach of the year? I don't think anyone's ever won coach of the year twice in a three-year span. So, No. I think they would. He would like finish second to somebody. I don't know who. Um, should we be worried if we don't see Grimes in the preseason? Um, no, because I don't. I think he Tibbs loves him so much, and Tibbs loves what he does, and Tibbs knows what he does, and he doesn't need to like prove anything. I think once he's healthy enough to play, he's going to play. Would be my gut feeling. I-95 Bully. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm happy our friend Andrew hasn't watched baseball in years. <laughs> hashtag rep, rep the Bronx. I think I read that hashtag correctly. Um, yeah, Andrew's... I would call him a long-suffering fan, but apparently he's not. We'll see. Uh, next up. Oh, that's it. We made it. I was, I was, it's so funny. I was just thinking of texting Andrew. Like, how many more super chats do we have left? Next film school. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everyone. One down, 85, at least to go. We're getting more than 85. I'm telling you right now, this team is making the plan 100%. Write it in pen. Subscribe to the channel and like the video before you go. Uh, and for anybody listening tomorrow on the podcast, uh, don't forget to uh, give a, a nice five star rating, nice review. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed to the super chat. Thank you everybody who contributed to the regular chat. Thank you everybody who watched. Um, yeah, fifty hashtag fifty three wins. Here we go, baby. Giddy up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.